In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whenever I've heard this gospel before, or I read it myself, the one thing that draws my attention the most is how John the Beloved, who's the author of this gospel, mentions the very hour that this whole encounter with Jesus happens. He says that on this day, when he experienced all of this, when he witnessed all of this, it was about the tenth hour, and he makes a note of that. Now Jesus, sorry, I mean John, does not document the hour of everything that Jesus did. It's only certain times that John makes a special note of this. And here, he says it was about the tenth hour. So there was something about this moment that was very significant for him. Something about this moment that was very worth remembering for him. And I think in all, of, in all of our lives, we have one or two or multiple moments like that. Maybe something from our childhood, something from when we were growing up, some kind of milestone that we accomplished in our adult lives for some of us. Something very crucial that happened in our lives, very memorable, that brings to the present moment some lesson or some effect that we gained from that memory. So, one thing we also know about the Gospel is that it's the living Word of God. So it applies to us today, of course. So the question that Jesus asked these disciples is a question that we can ask ourselves today. This is not just an ancient book or an ancient story, but it applies very much so today. Because the human heart suffers from the same things to this day. So, we can ask ourselves the same question that Jesus asked his disciples to know why this moment was so memorable for John. And that question is, what do you seek? How would we have answered this question if we started walking after Jesus as these two disciples did? How are we answering this question in the way that we're living our lives now? Some people would say, well, I'm seeking to support my family. Others would, say, others would say, I'm seeking to be successful in whatever I'm doing. Others would say, I'm seeking to develop good habits. I'm seeking to be a better person. I'm seeking for good friendships. I'm seeking for actual happiness. I'm seeking to be healed from wounds that I have. All of those things are good things to seek for. I'm sure many of us would answer some of those things. But how are we seeking for them? Some of us might even say, I'm seeking to know and love God more, which is a great thing to do as a baptized Christian. But how are you doing that? What is the pattern in which you're doing that? What is the priority that you have in the order of the things that you seek? Some of us, especially since we're gathered here on this Sunday to worship God, might know that mass attendance is something important. We might know that praying is something important. Participating in the sacraments is something we probably should do. Going to confession, for example, is something we probably should do. But how do we do those things? Well, what do I mean by that? A lot of people might say, yeah, okay, mass is something important, going to church on Sunday. But do I need to go to church every Sunday? I mean, God's everywhere, isn't He? Can I stay home and pray to God there? 
Yeah, praying is important. Having prayer in my life is something probably that's healthy for my soul. But do I need to pray every day? Multiple times a day? Can I just say something, a simple thank you to God before I sleep? And that should be enough? God knows that I love Him in my heart. Why do I need to read scripture? All that matters is that God's in my heart and that's it. Why would I need to go to confession that often? Maybe every couple years. I mean, I can just say sorry to God on my own private time. I don't need to go confess my sins to a priest. So, like I said, we might know these things are somewhat important, but how are we actually trying to love God? Is it on our own terms, or is it through the teaching of the church that He has left for us? Do we think we can know God just on a horizontal level, on a human level, in terms of a human project? Or do we have a vertical relationship with God as well, where we ascend to the teaching that He left for us in the flesh by sending His Son and the church that His Son established on this earth? Thane, who was in the military and he was injured, and in his recovery, he became much closer to God through his encounter with Scripture. And later on, he developed what we call today the spiritual exercises. It's meant to be a retreat for people. And in the beginning, he directs the person going through the spiritual exercise to say this, I will raise my mind to consider how it is that God our Lord is gazing at me. So for St. Ignatius, when the human being wants to know and love God better, when the human being wants to approach God, that's not a complete process until God looks at you first. Until God initiates a gaze, a relationship with you first. Yes, these two disciples in the Gospel we read today started following Him, started walking after Jesus, because John the Baptist tells them, this is the Lamb of God, this is the Messiah, this is who we're waiting for, this is the guy. But he looks at them. He turns around and looks at them and asks them a question to initiate a relationship with them so they can get to know him based on what he has to say, not on what they think is right to think about God. So what is the first step to following God? Before we say or do anything, God looks at us first. He gazes at us first through the face of Christ, through the face of Christ in the flesh, to make us know that He's not just anyone, that He's not just a distant being or just an idea of a Savior, but that He is a Father. That is His invitation. They ask, where are you staying? They want to know where He's dwelling. They want to know more about Him. They're willing to enter into that relationship with Him. They're willing to be actual disciples, which means being receptive to something outside of yourself, not thinking that you know what is best. They're willing to do that. And so He says, come and see. And that is the content of the rest of the Gospel. Come and see where I will dwell. Come and see how I will be a father to you. Come and see how I know what is best for you. Come and see how I can fulfill the desires of your soul. Come and see how the most profound place I will dwell is in the bread of life, which we see in John's Gospel five chapters later. And that bread of life is to ultimately be received and to dwell in your heart, 
as you receive me in the Eucharist. That is where I will be staying. That is what Jesus is telling us throughout the rest of the Gospel. So we must ask ourselves, brothers and sisters, what are we seeking? Some of the things that we're seeking might be good goals to have, but how are we seeking it? Are we seeking it just based on our own wisdom or through what the church has taught us to approach? One of the things that we can, I mean, we can talk about many things in the world, many directions that people are headed in, which cause them to become lost. Many things that they're seeking, which are not things that will provide permanent happiness, permanent joy, actual fulfillment. But the question that we're asking today is not a comfortable one, actually. Because when you are asked, what are you seeking? You have to start thinking about what you value, what you, what you care about, which direction you go in versus another, who you are as a person. And many people are lost. Many people are seeking after nonsense. For example, you can just look at our own community and think how many tens of thousands of Chaldeans are there locally. How many of those care enough, seek enough after the love of their father to come to his house at least once a week in the way that the the church requires of them to come give him thanks, to come worship him, to come allow him to dwell in in our hearts in the way that he wants to and the way that he desires to, and the way that he makes known to us in the gospel. Brothers and sisters, as we approach the Eucharist today, let us be thankful that God loves us that much, that he wants to descend to our level and dwell in our hearts. And as we head outside Mass today, let us continue to seek him, let us continue to seek the things that truly fulfill our souls, which is ultimately communion with him. And let us remain in the shelter of the Father's house as we do so. Amen.